Welcome to the Aspieland Podcast. I'm your host, John Allen. Come with me on an adventure into the world of Asperger syndrome, also called autism spectrum disorder. Everyone is welcome here, whether you have the disorder or you're interested in learning more about it. We're here to help you understand, share, and relate. We're just about to get started, so come on in. Greetings and welcome once again to Aspieland. My name is John Allen, your host, and I'm happy to have you with me, whether you're someone with Asperger Syndrome Autism Spectrum Disorder or you're neurotypical. You are all very welcome and accepted here. If you're new to this podcast and you're an Aspie, you'll find this is a really good place to learn about yourself, your feelings, and ways to discover more joy in your life. And if you're neurotypical, well, I haven't left you out. This is a place where you can learn about life as a person on the spectrum. I want to help you come to see that we're not disabled or suffer from some strange medical condition, but that we're simply different, having the same feelings and needs as everybody else. The idea on this podcast is to come together and accept one another, and we do that by looking at life through each other's eyes. You know, some memories just stick with me. They come up every so often, and it seems like every time one of them comes to mind, I notice another detail about it. Now, this particular memory is one that has been cemented into my mind in such a way that I don't think they'll ever come up with a technology strong enough to ever remove it. It's about my mother and myself. See, we were at a local clothing store, a simple, small, hole-in-the-wall store with a lone man running the shop. Now, these kinds of shops ran up and down the main streets of our town, all of them unique in their own way. Vacuum cleaner shops, record shops, card shops, shoe stores, and five and dime, even an ice cream shop or two. You name it, we had it. Up and down every main street. I was in grade school back then. And it must have been summer, because I wasn't wearing a jacket or a coat, and I'm always cold. And as we entered the shop, my mother was greeted by a kindly older man. She began looking around for clothes and some things for me. In the meantime, I just stood by the shopkeeper, and I waited for my mother to finish. And I just stood there for a while. And suddenly, after, you know, five or six minutes, the man asked me to go away. Just like that, go away. Well, being the ASD child that I was, while having no clue that I had it, I assumed he meant he wanted me to leave the shop. Well, I was confused, so I walked over to my mother, and I told her what the man had said. Now, at this point, you should understand my mother. She was a quiet and kind woman. She was nice to everyone she met, whether she liked them or not, whether she agreed with them or not. It didn't matter. She was a quiet woman. She tore into this guy like a mountain lion who hadn't eaten a scrap of food in a month. She was pointing her finger at him and then to me, yikes, and actually yelling. I didn't even know my mother was capable of yelling. Never heard her yell until then. She was defending me and telling this man the reason for his mistake in no uncertain terms. Well, our podcast, This Visit, is all about that. No, not yelling at shopkeepers, but about advocacy. You see, 
my mother was advocating for me to the shopkeeper. She was being an advocate, no doubt an angry one, but an advocate nonetheless. And like I said, this podcast is all about the idea of being an advocate or advocacy, and I call the episode ASD and Advocacy. Pretty simple. Now, before we get going, let me thank each and every one of you for listening and subscribing. We've got a lot of new listeners from all over the world, and I'm really tickled about that. And people who are leaving me really nice email messages about the podcast. And really, you're all being such great listeners. I appreciate that. We've been heard in over 50 countries now, and I'm really proud of the Aspie and neurotypical friends that we've encountered. Thanks as well to those of you who have donated to the podcast. Your support is not only a great encouragement to me, but it's also really important to keep this thing going, to keep the podcast running. It costs a little bit, not a lot, but it costs a little bit to keep it running, and your donations, and I don't care how small they are, make a big difference. Thank you very, very much. Now, let's get back to ASD and advocacy. We're going to discuss the idea of advocacy and how it can affect you, help you, and how you can advocate for yourself. Now, in order to understand all of this properly, we need to have a full understanding of the words that we're using. So, let's start with the word advocate. The word advocate, or advocate, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, comes in two forms. One is the form of a noun, which is like the na a name of something, like a person's name. And the second is the form of a verb, which is an action. Now, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, an advocate is, quote, one who defends or maintains a cause or proposal, such as a person who speaks up for the need of children's education, end of quote. The second form is a verb, and it's the act of speaking up or advocating to support or argue for a cause or a policy or a person. And it depends on the application of how you're, how you're advocating. So you can be called an advocate because you're supporting and defending and trying to make things better for a person or a group of persons. Here's another way to look at it. An advocate is a lot like a lawyer. A lawyer advocates or defends or attempts to help by working for a solution to the needs of the person that he or she represents in a court of law, or they're defending that person in a court of law. When you advocate for someone or a group or a party, you're in the act of advocating, which is a verb. That's the dictionary look of the word advocate or advocate. Now, let me give you an example. A student going to school might have a school counselor. Well, the counselor is an advocate for that student. Maybe he's helping the student get better classes to prepare him for college or to help the student get better grades because he's having trouble concentrating, that sort of thing. Okay, so we understand the word advocate. Now that we understand it, how do we use it in real life? Well, there are three forms of advocacy. Let's go through them one at a time. There is individual advocacy, which is the idea of a person or a small group of people 
concentrating all their efforts on just one person, maybe two people, like a married couple or a pair of siblings or even a pair of co-owners of a business. Individual advocacy is having someone stand beside you and try to find ways to help you if you think something is unfair or someone is treating you badly and you'd like to do something about it. Individual advocacy can be done in two ways. So there are two sub-forms of individual advocacy. One is called individual formal advocacy. And that is when a group or an organization pays their staff to advocate for someone individually or possibly maybe in a small group, say like a small club or an organization. Individual informal advocacy is the one that most of us are familiar with. It's when a parent or a friend or a family member speaks up and informs or advises for the sake of the other person. There are also individuals who will help you by being an advocate for you to another organization, such as a doctor's office or a hospital, that sort of thing. You may recall the uh, podcast that I did with Carrie Donnell. They were called Autistic Children and the Medical Community, if you want to go back and listen to them. Say perhaps there's a child who's on the spectrum who needs to go to the hospital to have something done, or he may be injured or something. Now, the parent may have to advocate for that child to make sure that the health care he's getting lines up with his needs of being on the spectrum so that the child doesn't freak out and have a meltdown in the middle of the hospital. That is what's called individual informal advocacy. All right, so that's the two forms of individual advocacy. Now, the second kind of advocacy is called systems advocacy, and it's all about changing rules, laws, or policies that are written that somehow need to be changed to help the needs of an individual or, more commonly, a group of individuals. Now, this can be done on a local level, like at a city or a county, or the state level, or even on a federal or national level. The focus, though, has to be changing a law, or writing a new law, or unwriting a law, which is called repealing a law. When we're talking about autism spectrum disorder and Asperger's syndrome, frequently there'll be groups who will advocate for you on your behalf. For example, there are groups that you can find on the web that will advocate for those of us on the spectrum to change the laws or rules, policies, that we can get better health care or help with executive function issues that cause us a whole lot of difficulty in our normal course of daily life. These are examples of systems advocacy. The third form of advocacy is the one we're concerned with. It's called self advocacy. Self-advocacy, by definition, refers to an individual's ability to effectively communicate, negotiate, or assert your interests or needs to others, either one-on-one, -on -one, individually, or in a small group, maybe uh, two or three people at a time. Basically, self-advocacy 
is speaking up for yourself as opposed to having someone speak up for you. We talked about that in that interview I mentioned earlier with Carrie Donnell about advocacy for your child in the hospital environment. Now that child, as he gets older, is going to need to learn how to advocate for his or herself, and that's what self-advocacy is. Self-advocacy is stepping up and saying, excuse me, I have some needs, and I, I know you don't understand my needs, so I'm coming to you to talk about them and work out how we can make things work better. That's self-advocacy. This happens a lot in schools, and especially in college environments, where the student doesn't quite come up to the professor's expectations. You know, oh, they're not concentrating, their grades are dropping, etc., etc. They look like they're out of it when they're in my class. They don't respond to questions, things like that. Well, the professor might not be aware of how ASD operates or that the student is even on the spectrum in the first place. So the student needs to come up and advocate for him or herself to the professor and say something like, uh, let's work this out. I have this condition and I'd like to help improve the situation because I notice my grades are slipping or something like that. I'm going to show you in this podcast how you can advocate for yourself, whether it be with an individual, one-on-one, -on -one, a teacher, a professor, or perhaps you have to advocate at work to one of your coworkers, or maybe even your supervisor or your boss. There are a lot of areas where the use of self-advocacy may work best for you in a particular situation. So I'm going to try to help you be able to do that on your own. Ah, yes, I hear the question coming. You may be asking, why should I advocate for myself if someone else will do it for me? Well, there are several reasons that it's a good idea to learn self-advocacy. One of them is to build your own self-esteem. Those of us on the spectrum tend to have a low opinion of ourselves, and that has a lot of origins. It comes from a lot of different places for different people. But to be able to stand up for yourself without being violent, without being insolent, disagreeable, mean, or argumentative, those ways of communication are never acceptable especially when you're trying to advocate for yourself and put your best foot forward, as it were. Now, the self-advocacy also helps you learn to communicate with other people, all kinds of different people, be they professors, teachers, policemen, or just plain individuals that you work with, or friends that you have, colleagues, and your supervisors, or maybe your boss or the big boss. <laughs> Learning to communicate within self-advocacy with all of those kinds of people will really help build your communication skills so you can more readily talk to people in general in all areas of your life. First and foremost, please know I am not trying to get you to stop using an advocate. There are some cases where it becomes difficult to advocate for yourself in which case you might need a counselor or a representative to help you get your needs across to others effectively. So understand that I am not saying that advocacy groups or advocacy counselors are not needed or not necessary. That is not true. On the contrary, 
They can be very necessary when things are more difficult than what was originally on the surface. Sometimes you need to have help from others, and while they're helping you, you can watch them as they work and learn ways that you can advocate for yourself in the future. The truth is, there are simply not enough advocates out there to supply the needs for every individual who is on the spectrum. It's just not there. And while advocacy groups are generally a good thing, it can become a hindrance when you're trying to get just small things discussed to help yourself in an individual kind of one-on-one or one-on-two situation. Sometimes we rely on others to advocate for us simply because we don't want to face the confrontation or we don't want to face the other person one-on-one to deal with the problem. Most common issues for those of us on the spectrum are issues with another individual or maybe a small group of other individuals. And you can easily advocate for yourself once you figure out how to get there. Well, I'm going to do my very best to help you learn how to get there. So it looks like the hourglass is running out, which means we're running out of time for this episode. But be assured that the next episode is going to talk about self-advocacy. It'll be ASD and self-advocacy. Now that you understand what advocacy is all about, now I'm going to try to give you the nuts and bolts of how to do that. So stay with this, and I'll help you out as best I can. Please, if you get a chance, get on the AspieLand.org website, look around, I've made a resource page now where you can actually look at books and websites that we've recommended for those of you on the spectrum. And even those of you who are neurotypical, you can read some of those books and get some insight as to how we are so that you can interface with us and we can interface with you. That's the whole idea of this podcast. In addition, For those of you who have not yet done it, please subscribe to the podcast by going to the website, go to the subscription page, and fill out the form. That's it. It doesn't take much more than that. Please keep the emails and messages coming. I love it. Kathy loves it. We really appreciate all the good information. One more thing, please, if you get a chance, donate to the podcast. Just go to the website, go to the donate page, and click. There's a heart button there. If I'm not mistaken, it's a heart button. Just click that heart button and it'll send you to the donate page and boom, you at least help us out just a little bit. That would very much be appreciated. Okay, so stay safe. Keep your head up. Keep that positive attitude going. Learn as much as you can. And we'll talk again next time in Aspie Land. Thanks for listening to the Aspie Land podcast. If you like this podcast, Pass the word. This podcast is for everyone, whether you have Asperger's syndrome or not. Because the more who listen, the better our opportunity to become more sensitive and compassionate, not only to those who have the disorder, but to all humankind as well. Thanks for visiting, and I hope you'll listen again.